you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, the next four weeks we're going to be going over this big idea of it's better together. It's better together. God thought that it would be better together, so he said, you know, hey, I've created Adam, but listen, Adam needs a helper, a helpmate, and so I'm going to create Eve. It was God's idea to create Eve for Adam and then Adam for Eve because Adam is a helping her and she's helping him. It's not a, a, a dominating relationship, but it was God's idea. I want you to see that, that it wasn't Adam's idea. Adam didn't go to God and say, hey, (laughs) I'm lonely. Uh, I I can't do very much on my own. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to clean. Could you help me? (laughs) Give me somebody that that I can command around the house. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, God took Eve from Adam's side said, here's one that will understand him and love him. Here, here's one that he will protect and love back. And so there was a sharing, uh, this relationship. We're going to be talking about relationships for the next four weeks. And so some of the things uh, I say may, some of the things that the Lord is speaking to us may uh, touch a place in you that needs to be touched. But uh, when we talk about relationships, we're talking about uh, healing. We're talking about um, how it, it can be better together and how God created us as a church to be better together, to join together because um, there's power in unity. There's extreme power in unity. That's how the church started in Acts chapter 2, started in unity. But, you know, um, we, I think we work with some disadvantages here in America. You know, we like to think that we have all the advantages in the world, but I think one of our biggest disadvantages is is our independence. When we're talking about being better together, our independence hurts us. And this this notion of independence is uh, we're we're taught it in school and we celebrate it once a year. Uh, We believe it so much to the core of our being that our nation was founded on a declaration of independence. And we sing songs like, um, I did it my way. That was pretty good, huh? (laughs) I got to be me. (laughs) I got to be me. I don't need anybody to tell me what it's all about. Now, I'm not going to sing some of those songs, but listen, if you just Google, I did it my way, or some lyrics of songs that are focused on me, independent, I don't need anyone. I don't need anybody. It's amazing how much that has infiltrated our mindset in America. And it is, it's woven into the fabric of this culture that we have in America. And we've, we really fight against it when we think about how God has made us to be dependent upon one another. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, disregarding uh, the, the, the can-do-it spirit and, and the, you know... Uh, I'm determined. You know, as Americans, we, we have that pioneer spirit of, of exploration and dedication and, 
Um, you know, but, but God wants us to, to know <laughs> that he made us a team rather than independent contractors. <laughs> he made us a team rather than independent contractors. And we, we use the acronym for team, together everyone accomplishes more. But there's sometimes we reinvent the wheel and we don't need to. Would you agree with that? And so God made us as a team because he wants us to learn how to work together. Wow. Better together. And so um, there's another thought that we, we face or that we battle with is this thought of uh, when, when I become independent and, um, and I am bigger than life and I have all the finances that I need, then I'm going to be happy. And so part of our culture, I'm just, just letting you know, and you know this, but from, from a biblical perspective and from a spiritual perspective, you need to know that our culture has um, invited this spirit of idolism and when people get bigger than life and they've got so much money that they build all these walls around them and they're happy, right? They're happy because I've got it all and nobody can touch me. Those very ones that are so financially independent that have it all, the walls are tall, and nobody can touch them are the ones that are unhappy, and most of them commit suicide, and most of their lives are just a mess at that point, right? So independence does not produce success and happiness. We need to see that, that interdependence and this word called community produces contentment. Let me say that again. Community produces contentment because God designed us to live together and not separate. Right? He designed us to live sep uh, to, together and not separate. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, I'm going to focus on verse 21, but let, I'm going to give you the passage from, from verse 12 to verse 31. Paul is talking to the church, and he's talking about the body having many members. And the members, all those members of the body being many, but they're, they're, they're all Christ. And so we're all together make up this body called Christ, and that's the way that God created us. And so he's talking about how each member of the body is supposed to depend on the other members of the body. And, and we're not supposed to ever get to this place in verse 21 where he, where he says this. Verse 21 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And uh, again, uh, the head to the feet, I don't need you. I have no need of you. And this is what we've got going along, uh, uh, going, <laughs> happening in the body of Christ today. I don't need you. You don't look like me. You don't act like me. You don't fit where I fit. And so I don't need you. Let me just say this about what's going on right now in Christendom, in the, in the, in the Christian world, about people that are exiting. They're, they're looking to exit their faith. We don't need to judge people. We don't need to shut the door behind them. Would Jesus ever do that? No. 
We don't need to have our opinion about what someone posted and what someone said. What, what about the prodigal son who went away? He squandered, squandered all that he had, but the father was still looking at him. Still saying, you know, you may be mixed up in your head, but come on back to father's house. Right? The enemy, I'm telling you, this is, this is appropriate uh, sermon for right now because the enemy is looking to divide the body of Christ over so many issues, so many things happening in the body. There's so, you can see that the, 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 the symptoms are that people are confused. They're confused because we've left the truth. We've left what the Word says. What does the Word say? We've got to get back to what the Word says. And so this is why I'm going to be quoting a lot of Scripture this morning. And I'm glad for it. I'm not going to tell you my opinion, but Jesus' opinion of the body is, Hey, I may be uh, the finger, but I can't say to the toe, I don't need you. We should say the opposite. I need you. You're part of me. I love you. I don't fit where you fit. I may not look like you look, and I may not do what you do, but I love you. Come on, somebody. Together, we're better. But apart, <laughs> we fall apart, right? We were made by God to need each other. Just like the body, our bodies need all of its part. And when we are missing one part, we feel it. Isn't this true? We need to know that we need each other. And each part has a place and a purpose. I failed to mention that you can follow along in the notes if you go to lifeway.church forward slash 8 18 today's the 18th, right? Dash 19. And so you can go back and review these notes. There's scripture and we need to follow along. There's review of what we're being taught. Listen, the Bereans thought that it was so important to, to check out what Paul was saying that they searched every day to make sure that Paul was saying the truth. This is another reason why people have fallen away. It's because they get away from the truth. And they just take for granted whatever anybody that's up here is saying is, is truth. No, you need to study out the truth for yourself. So, another thing that um, we deal with is neglect. We naturally neglect the habit of community. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. We nat naturally neglect the habit, I say the habit of community, because this verse is so important. I'm going to read it in the New International Version. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up, meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Is some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. 
So apparently, over 2,000 years ago, some were in the habit of neglecting the meeting together, that habit of meeting together. And I propose that uh, they were neglecting this habit of meeting together, and it wasn't for the reason that they were too busy to make it to church. Because there wasn't a whole lot going on 2,000 years ago that would distract them from meeting together. And you have to remember that the church was persecuted at that time, and they, that was their lifeline. They would get together and encourage one another because the world was totally against them. I mean, this, this was a new, uh, a new idea that Jesus rose from the dead, and, and we're part of this body. And, and so Paul was dealing with people who some, the, the habit of not getting together for church was not, you know, uh, I just haven't found the right church yet. You meet people all the time. Well, where are you going to church? Because you, you believe that they are a follower of Jesus, and they say, well, I just haven't found the right church yet. So sometimes that's used as an excuse to stay out, okay? Or I'm just too busy, just too busy, too busy. I have to take my kids on Sunday, and every time the meeting is that I, I, I've got to take them to the sports and, you know, I just, there's some people that say, well, you know, I, I just, my church, they're sincere. My church is outdoors. And I just spend time with the Lord outdoors. And it's just me and God. Well, um, it's neglecting the habit of community, guys. You can call it what you want, but we're not to neglect the habit of community because there's certain things that we do when we're in the habit of community and we come together as the community of God that we can't do apart and um, I believe here's another thing that I believe that, that the greatest reason that people do not connect to the church or disconnect from the church is offense offense hurt and broken relationships and so I'm here as a pastor to say that's very real. Hurt is very real. But healing is even more real. Healing from God's word is more real than the hurt that you may feel. And I know people say, you know, I just don't want the drama. I don't want to go to another church and have to face the drama. And you know, people stab you in the back. And you know, I just can't believe how mean Christians are. And I say, Amen. Sometimes even pastors don't want to come to church because it seems like a fight all the time, guys. Can I just be real? Who is that that said, can I just let my hair down? Can we just be real here? But we need to be really real about life because life is all about relationships. And Jesus gave us the truth about relationships and how to heal our relationships. And so we need to learn how to get along with one another which means we have to grow up in love because we're going to be together for all of eternity. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got me for eternity. <laughs> Relationships are real, guys, and they're eternal. And listen, I'm not telling you anything new, but you can move away from your family. You can move to another state. 
You can change neighborhoods because of your mean neighbor that keeps throwing trash in your backyard or whatever. You can change jobs because you have a bipolar boss. But you'll never totally get away from people. And so we need to learn how to do life together and do it better together. We need to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And we need to have, in order to do that, we have to have a relationship with them. You know? Because if you don't have a good relationship with someone and you try to spur them on to good deeds and love, they say, you know what? Get out of my face. Who, who do you think you are? Right? And also in this verse is to, we should encourage one another. And if you can't, you can't encourage someone to the, to the, the depth that they, the degree that they need to be encouraged if you don't have a deep relationship with that person. Because I don't know about you, but I don't tell everybody that I'm discouraged. You don't need to know sometimes when I'm discouraged. But I will tell my wife, I'm very discouraged right now. Right? And I need her to encourage me. Right? And so people that are discouraged, disillusioned, confused about their faith are seemingly exiting because... The relationships in their life are not there that can do, do life together better. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. When, when we cut ourselves off from everybody that can help us, we're, we're a target for the enemy to place blame on every one of those people. You didn't do what I needed you to do when I needed you to do it. But then the other person says, well, I didn't know because you never said anything. And so here we are, guys. I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. But honestly, I can't come close to certain people and tell them how discouraged I am sometimes. Does the pastor get discouraged? Oh, no. I'm a human. Will you see that I'm a human? I, I did, I, if I walk off the stage, I'm going to fall. I'm not going to keep walking out in the air. And then I really will be discouraged, right? <laughs> you might be encouraged that uh, I'm just normal. I'm normal like you. And there's t some days I need some encouragement. But if I cut myself off, guys, if I build all the walls and I'm not doing life with anybody, nobody has access to me, then how can I be encouraged? How can someone spur me on to love and good deeds. So, we need to develop some dependence. <laughs> but dependence on God. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 5. Romans 12 verse 5. This is so good. This is, this is our key scripture for this message this morning. Romans 12 verse 5 says this. This is the living Bible. I'm going to read it out of the living Bible right here. Romans 12, verse 5. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. Let me just tell you, you make Christ's body complete. Without you in Christ's body, it's not complete. That's pretty big. That shows you how much he thinks of you. 
You're precious, you're valuable, and you bring completeness to the body of Christ. That is awesome. For we each have different, a different work to do. So we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. Each needs all the others. So say to your neighbor right now, you need me. Now, turn back and say, uh, I need you. <laughs> and we do. But we both need God. Amen. We both need God. You need me and I need you, but we both need God. And without God between us, we don't have enough for each other. <laughs> I don't depend on you, but I need you. I depend on God, but I need you. Can you see there's a difference? Because you, you meet certain people that grow a, a dependence upon you, and you begin to back off and say, listen, I can't do what you are expecting me to do. I can't be your source. I can't provide everything that you need. And that's when offense comes. When somebody expects you to do something that you have no power to do, they become offended because you didn't do it. So that offense comes in that relationship, right? When we put unrealistic expectations on one another. Instead of coming together and saying, you know what? We're better together. And, and, and we both need God. So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but... Our interdependence is based on our relationship, our individual relationships with God. You're not my source, and you can't be my source because you're not big enough. I'm not your source, and I can't be your source because I'm not big enough. I can be there to encourage you. I can be there to spurn you, uh, spur you on to love and good works, but I'm not your source. Jesus is the only one that's big enough to be our source. And as long as we understand that, as long as we build our relationship on that, that we mutually depend upon God, then we're growing and then we're going and then, then it's healthy, right? But when we shut down and shut the door and not communicate and we back off from each other, that's when offense comes in. And so... We have to grow up. Everybody say, grow up. Grow up. Oh, my. That's me. That means me. That means me. Look at this. In John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23, the New International Version. John 17, 20, the New International Version. Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says this. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So he's praying for us in 2019 here in this church right now. Jesus was praying for us over 2,000 years ago. I'm praying for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. 
I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This should be a paramount passage in our heart because of this unity that Jesus prayed over 2,000 years ago. He prayed it, and when he prayed it, he believed it, and so God answered it. And we are one. We have so many scriptures in the New Testament about how we are one. We are complete in him. We are one with him. We're one spirit with him, and we're together. We are together. We are the body of Christ. And the enemy still tries to convince us that we're divided. But Jesus prayed his prayer, and he, he believed his prayer when he prayed his prayer, so we need to see ourselves as one. You're a part of me. When you hurt, I hurt. Where, what about all these scriptures? When you're sad, I, I, I'm sad with you. Not for you, but I'm with you in order to pick you back up. We're going to get to some scriptures about how we, we encourage one another in a minute. But we need to see that we are a part of him, that we identify with the head. And quit identifying with ourself. This is a problem with, with cultural reconciliation right now. Racial reconciliation, cultural reconciliation. I want you to, to identify with me. Okay, well, uh, but I'm not you. I can hear your story. I can pray with you. We can, we can lament together. We can, we can go back there, but we can't stay there, guys. In Christ... We are made new creatures. New creatures. And listen, just, I have such a heart for the racial, reconcilia racial reconciliation in our country. And I recognize what's going on and I see the hand of God in it. But listen, wherever you see the hand of God, there can be the flesh as well. Okay? And so, it's 400 years since this country experienced slavery. But we don't need to celebrate it. We do need to remember it. But we need to put it under the blood of Jesus. Right? If I reminded my wife of how she hurt me and hurt me and hurt me and hurt me... I'm putting that on her over and over and over and over and over again. And tomorrow we wake up and I say, you remember how you hurt me and how you hurt me and how you hurt me? I know it's, 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 it's at a moment right now, guys. But listen, either the blood of Jesus does what it does or we carry this pain and hurt the rest of our life. Pain and hurt, pain and hurt, pain and hurt. We are one. Everybody say, we are one. And that doesn't matter where you're born. Doesn't matter how old you are, how much money you have in the bank. Doesn't matter your, your cultural roots or whatever. When you come in Christ, you come into the kingdom culture. And that kingdom culture is higher than every other culture. Kingdom culture, everybody say kingdom culture, is higher than every other culture. 
when we operate in kingdom culture, the love of the king flowing through us can heal every hurt, every offense. He can remove it. So we have to identify as Christ. We can no longer identify as who we were. This is critical to walking in unity and harmony with one another in the body of Christ. People will come to Lifeway Church and they'll say, well, I was hurt at such and such church. And I ask them this one question, have you gone and made it right? Yes, yes, we made it right. And you, you kind of hear and you kind of see and you kind of watch this hurt being relived, relived. And, well, this happened and that happened and this happened. Listen, I'm just telling you, if you never deal with it, it continues to, to fall, fester and, 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 and control you. Forgive. Get rid of the offense. Because God has so much more in your future. Release people. People are just people. I'm a people. I've said things that it hurt people because they didn't understand. Or maybe I said something wrong. Or I didn't do what you maybe expected me to do. But the, guys, this is all about relationships. But it should be to remind us that our dependence is on God and not each other. I don't have what it takes to please you. And husbands and wives, your husband and wife doesn't have all that it takes to please you. Come on. Nobody can stand between you and Jesus. They just, that's too much pressure. So, in conclusion. <laughs> I'm going to give you three points to help us help each other. Because together is better, and better is together. Three points to help each other. I need you, and you need me. And here's what I need from you. Well, first of all, point one is something I'm going to give you. Because I believe it's always in, the ball's always in our court. So I take the first step, and I'm going to give you permission. I give you permission because I believe. I believe certain things. I believe Deuteronomy 32, 30 is a principle that never fails, that one can put 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And because I believe that, I'm giving you permission to be my two. You're my two. Honey, I'm one, but you're my two. And I give you permission to be my two. I want you to have my back. I give you permission to have my back. I give you permission to, if you see something, uh, you know, that's why, that's why we call this seat shotgun. I learned this from Kenny and Trudy Blunt. This, this, the, the, the front seat, not the driver's seat, but shotgun. We call it shotgun because when they were driving the stagecoaches, whoever was sitting over there had the shotgun. And so I'm driving the car, I'm driving the team of horses, and my wife has the shotgun because she's looking for the enemy, and she's going to shoot them. <laughs> right? 
So there's safety in numbers. Listen, if I'm the only one driving the team of horses, I have to be a really good shot to drive four horses on a team and shoot with a shotgun with, with the other hand, right? I need somebody helping me. There's safety in numbers. We all have been walking down uh, an alleyway at nighttime wishing that we weren't the only ones walking, right? <laughs> I wish somebody else was here so that they could help me look around here, right? There's safety in numbers. There's sa the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counsel. You don't want just any counsel, though. You don't want the counsel that you'll get off of Facebook and all your friends off Facebook. You want somebody that's trusted, that, that, that knows the Word of God, that knows the truth. I've got your back. But you have to give me permission. That's how it works, guys. I've got your back, but you have to give me permission. Husbands, give your, your wife permission to have your back. And it works the other way around too, right? I'm going to get to the wives. Wives, give your husbands permission to have your back. We know you're superwoman. Somebody says, please say that again. We know, we know that you think that you're superwoman. But sometimes we just need to protect you. <laughs> so let's give each other. Now, th this works for wives and husbands, but it's working in the church as well. When we make relationship and we, we live in community and we do life together and it's better, we give each other permission to have our back. There's guys that have my back. That if I'm going off sideways, they have my back. Number two. Give me, see, first, I give you permission. The second is, now you give me God's word. Give me God's word because God's word is the source. God's word is a source of wisdom. God's word is a source of healing. God's word is a source of provision and joy. I need you to remind me and strengthen me with the Word of God. I need you to encourage me. Something happened yesterday. and, and um, Well, actually, it was the day before yesterday. It was Friday. Uh, bedtime. I'm, I'm adjusting my phone and my watch because I'm running a 5K yesterday downtown at Centennial Park. And so I'm trying out this new app by Nike, and I'm looking and I'm changing the settings. And I noticed there's one that says cheer. There's a setting on the app that will work when I'm running, and my watch will tell me, go, go, you can do it. <laughs> there's another little setting on there that says you're behind your pace. So if I set my pace at a nine-minute mile and I start dropping behind a nine-minute mile, it'll say you're behind your pace. Go. <laughs> we need encouragement. <laughs> Guys, we need encouragement. We're not running a sprint here. We're running a marathon. I don't know about you, but I need all the encouragement I can get. Anybody else need encouragement? That's another word for strength. Look at Hebrews chap uh, chapter 3 and verse 13. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily. Everybody say daily. daily. I need encouragement daily. How about you? Amen. 
as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Man, that's such a powerful scripture. Just think about if you had encouragement from somebody every day, how you would be so sensitive to do the word of God that you wouldn't be lured away by sin's deceitfulness. Man, there's a whole message right there. How about the geese that fly in the V formation? They're honking. Honk, 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 honk. Go, that's go, go, go. Not only the honk, but their wings actually form a, a, an updraft. And so that they can, you know, the ones that are following along, then one, one, the head one gets tired, he drops back and another one takes that place. We need encouragement. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse uh, 9 and 10 in the Message Bible. I'm going to read it to you. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work and share the wealth. <laughs> share. If somebody's helping you work, you need to help them and pay, <laughs> pay them, right? Share the work and share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Wow. If one falls down, don't kick, don't kick and say, why'd you fall? I mean, really, come on. You should have seen that. No, help, help, because you're going to need help. Two in a bed warm each other. Duh. Alone. <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to draw that picture, right? Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself. You're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. I like that. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. And so, if you give me God's word, I'm not going to depend on you as my source. God's word is my source. And I just need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded that I depend upon him. And the very last point here is that we together point to the head. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's remind me that I'm connected to the head of the church. Because if I fail to remember that I'm connected to the church then I'm going to begin to dry up and I'm going to begin to die. If I fail to remember that I'm connected to the head, then I'm going to dry up and begin to die. John 15. And I'm, I'm, just, gonna, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to read it and you guys are going to listen. John 15, 1 through 17 because this is so important it's the vine and you have to see the progression of the vine Jesus says I'm the true vine the father is the, gar the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you remain in me as I also remain in you listen God is dedicated to you He's committed to you. He's faithful to you. Today, we shouldn't be looking for reasons to leave God. He is faithful to you. He's faithful to you. There may be a moment of confusion, 
where we're facing a hard time and we lose our bearings, but God is faithful to you. He'll never, Jesus said, nobody can pluck you out of my Father's hand. I will in no, it, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. God is committed to you. He's committed. He says, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. In other words, he's not asking you to do anything that he's not willing to do. He's committed to you and he's asking you to be committed to him. And this is the reason. Because no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So we see that the source of the life flowing through the vine is Jesus. And it comes through the vine and it goes through the branches. Verse 5 says, I'm the, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You remain in me and I remain in you and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you will or whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And then he's, then this last passage here, this last paragraph here, he's talking about the fruit that you're going to bear. So again, you've got, to get, you've got to get the concept. We are a branch that's attached to the vine, and the source of life flows through the vine to produce the fruit that appears on the branches. We couldn't produce the fruit, but Jesus made us one with him in order to produce the fruit. We give the glory to him. We don't take the glory for ourselves, but together we're better. There are branches attached, attached to branches that are attached to branches that are attached to the vine. I've been studying a little bit about my family history, and I'm going back on Ancestry.com, and I'm looking at this person and that person and this person and that person and this person. I've got back to 1805, and I'm like, my fourth grandfather, 1805, Jesse Rhodes, was born in Warren County, Georgia. But then before 1805, uh, the records were burnt in Georgia. So there were three census that were taken that were burnt. And so I lost my roads. But then I saw something last night. In 1500 in Yorkshire, England, there's some Rhodeses. <laughs> Somehow I'm connected, right? I don't know how, but it's the same way in the word. A branch is connected to a branch, is connected to the branch, but we trace all the way back to the source, and it's Jesus. He is the source, the life, and he, want, he connects to us so that we can love. That's what, that's what I want you to see. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as you've kept my Father's commands. Remain in his love, and I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other. It's better together when we love each other. We can't stay connected until we love each other. Say, I'm connected to you by love. I had to work all that way just to get that out. So you have to take it. Guys, you can read the rest. We're better together. We're better together. 
But we have to learn how to live together, love together, grow together, have relationship together. It's the key to a healthy body of believers. It's the key to a healthy church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time that we quit complaining and criticizing and looking down our nose at people that don't act like us, believe like us, and learn how to love one another. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.